It was a sentiment that I echoed all season long through the first four games. You can get away with mistakes when you're playing the likes of Colgate and Western Michigan and Army. But when you get into conference play, especially with the trio of games that Syracuse has to open up ACC play against, you will be exploited if you make mistakes. That is what happened on Saturday. That is why Syracuse falls up short against the Clemson Tigers once again. We got a lot to break down. It's not all negative, but there are some frustrations that we 1,000% need to air out today. It's your Locked On Syracuse Monday episode. Let's talk Cuse and Clubs. You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up? What's happening? Welcome to your Lockdown Syracuse Monday episode. It's your boy OV saying thank you so much for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen today and every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more right now. New customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown to get started. All right, we're talking Syracuse. And Clemson, Syracuse, its first loss of the season, a 31-14 loss at the hands of Cade Klubnick and Dabo Sweeney and company in the Dome on Saturday. It's the Orange's first loss of the season and the second straight year in which Clemson ends an undefeated Syracuse football bout. Uh, And it is frustrating. It's disappointing. It's something that I think a lot of people are a little bit fed up with, quite frankly. Uh, you know, you want to be able to win this game and you win this game occasionally and they won it, you know, six years ago and they, they haven't been, you know, winning that big game since then. And I think, you know, so many fans, myself included, are, are just waiting for the day where we come out here for this episode following what is that first huge game of the season. And you got it a little bit last year, a small taste uh, when Syracuse beat NC State in the Dome. Uh, you saw the small taste, but that didn't necessarily feel the same. It was a dilapidated Wolfpack squad dealing with important injuries. And you want it. You want it one of these times. And Syracuse unable to get the job done uh, in the Dome on Saturday. Just about 40,000 in the Dome, just shy of 41K. I was in there. I had multiple moments where half of me was on the TV. Uh, the man sitting to my left, also uh, one of the people that I live with, uh, got most of the TV time. That's okay. You probably didn't want to see my face on that anyway. I'll say I had a hell of a day. I had a lot of fun on Saturday. Got there around 9.15, 9.30. Uh, a lot of breakfast tailgating food. That's new. That's fun. Some uh, some breakfast sausage rolls, uh, some breakfast pizza, some candy bacon, uh, which was absolutely unbelievable. Had some fun. Had a few drinks. Get to the dome. Continue having some fun. Uh, And this one was unfortunate for Syracuse because it seemed like, uh, you know, what we've talked about all season long is, you know, penalties. You can get away with them until you get to this point in the schedule. Mistakes. You can get away with them until you get to this point in the schedule. Dropped passes. You can overcome them until you get to this point in the schedule. And guess what? We're here. 
We are at the point in the schedule where mistakes will exploit you and mistakes will bury you. And by making mistakes, you contribute to the grave digging that is what is already going on when you play a team at the level of Clemson, at the level of North Carolina, at the level of Florida State, which is what the end of September and the start of October consists of for Syracuse. You're at a point right now where you came out and, and you let them be. You, you didn't play your best game, not even close. And it was pointed out, I believe, uh, I forget who it was, someone in maybe the CNY Central crew that was talking about it made the point that, you know, the frustrating part is that if you played a good game, it, it would have been close and you wouldn't have been, you know, blown out. And this was a game that, you know, 31-14, it felt like Syracuse could have been a lot more competitive, especially go back to when it was at 14-7. Syracuse gets the huge fourth down stop uh, off the stack from Leon Lowry. And it's now a one score game and, and you've got this chance and you're all excited and the orange unable to capitalize on it. Mistakes were the kryptonite as mistakes will be when you play a team like Clemson. Yes, they were two and two. We know that. I thought I established this on Friday. Yes, Clemson is two and two, but think back a year ago, right? You're playing a Notre Dame team who record wise wasn't all that good. But they're still a big unit, still an absolute squad that has bodies and has size and has backups that are higher rated recruits than Syracuse's starters. Those are the plain and simple facts, right? The case in point, too, is last year uh, when you're playing Clemson and the Tigers pulled DJ Uyunglele at halftime. This is gigantic. They're pulling DJ. They're pulling one of the top quarterbacks in the country, and who do they put in? Yeah, the number one quarterback in the 2022 class, right? These guys have reserve players that are ranked significantly higher than Syracuse's. That is the reality of what these games are. And so a two and two Clemson squad that is struggling because of, you know, ending up on the wrong side of things, right? They lose a game to Duke in which they actually dominate statistically, but they have been on the wrong side of some turnover battles this year. They lose a game to Florida State which would have put them back into the top 25 with a win, no question about it. But here they are, and they're playing Syracuse. And in games like this, you realize the discrepancy between these two programs still, even in what has looked through four year weeks or what had looked through four weeks like a solid Syracuse team and what through four weeks looked like a struggling down, not quite so good Clemson Tigers unit. There is still a gap between these two programs. Maybe the gap is narrowing. You can say that, you can argue that, but the gap gets exploited when you give Clemson the extras. When you give Clemson first downs, courtesy of personal fouls or late hits, as we've now seen in back-to-back -back seasons, things get exploited when you turn the football over. I understand, I can even rationalize Right, The first turnover from Schrader, he got lit up. Was it targeting? Probably not. Uh, could it have been called? Sure. Am I okay with them not calling it? Yes, I am. I'm okay with that fumble. That's not a not taking care of the ball fumble for all intents and purposes. That is a you got lit up uh, blindly right on a, what would have been a 20-yard rush for Schrader on the first drive of the game for Syracuse. Bring him right to the 50. Um, I'm not even angry with that fumble. The anger in terms of turning the ball over 
comes with you fumble on a pitch, on a toss, bad toss, does hit LaQuinton both hands, right? You blame a little bit on Schrader for a bad toss. You blame a little bit on LaQuint Allen for not being able to hold it, right? They both could have been able to do that. You got an interception from Schrader that you want back, right? There are moments where you, you just you felt like you were close and then something questionable happens or, or you turn the ball over, those mistakes happen. You almost had double-digit penalties in this football game. All year long, I've said it. Other people in the media have said it. Babers has said it. You cannot keep getting away with penalties like this team has been. And here it is. Nine penalties for Syracuse for 92 yards. You're giving a Clemson team 92 yards, a team that doesn't even need 92 yards to beat you when you played the way you did in this game. You're giving them first downs, you're giving them extra opportunities, and you're letting them win the possession battle. That was one of my keys on Friday, is if Syracuse does not win the turnover battle, you're going to give Clemson the ability to win. And you're going to give Clemson the ability to show you that even in a bad year, they are better than Syracuse football. I'll take a quick break after this, and I said this a dozen times on Saturday as I left the Dome. It is almost as if bad five-star recruits are better than good three-star recruits. And that is what you see in games like this. The battles in the trenches, which we'll talk about in a second. What went wrong for Syracuse? What were some other things that stood out? Obviously the penalties, but it was not just that. We'll talk. Uh, and we will talk some positives at the end. I want to round this out with some silver linings uh, because apparently I'm too negative. God, negative. I am too negative. I picked Syracuse to win outright when they were seven-point dogs, and I'm too negative towards Syracuse football. Let's take a break. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about athletic brewing. It's time now for your Game Changer of the Week brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. This week, we're going to give this to Dan Villari. And much like Dan Villari, Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. Their brews are great tasting and award-winning and beat out full-strength beers in global competition. They're constantly re-releasing limited edition experimental styles to add to their variety. They're fit for all times. So you can drink them anytime, anywhere, and make any activity even more enjoyable. And plus, there's no hangovers ever. How have they changed your drinking game? You can do it wherever. I think that's the fun of Athletic Brewing. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use code LOCKDOWN to get 15% off your first online order. That's code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. All right, Owen Valentine here on your Lockdown Syracuse Monday episode, talking Syracuse. Talking Clemson, uh, we're going to continue on some of the things that went wrong in this game. I want to say this first because I, I did have a negative 10 minutes to open this up. And it's frustrating because, you know, so many people were, were on the brink of, you know, we want this team to, to break through that boundary and get to a point where, you know, they can continue the start uh, in a game that, you know, although Clemson is better than Syracuse, although Clemson still has better players than Syracuse, a winnable football game. 
Uh, I do want to say the season is not over. You're a four and one football team. You've got two huge opportunities to stun some ACC foes on the road the next two weeks. And then you've got a very simple schedule to close out the season for Syracuse. The season is not over. This is a team that can still win seven, eight, nine football games, even with that loss, and even, catch this, with losses the next two weeks. It is not time to write the season off yet, but I am going to talk about how I do truly feel following this game. Say I'm too negative. Say what you need to do, okay? The season isn't over, but today is an episode where I feel like you need to express the frustrations that we saw in that game. You talk about size, you talk about skill discrepancy. Uh, and I think the case in point is Syracuse's offensive line versus Clemson's defensive line. That is where you see the most discrepancy. It was the same case for Notre Dame last season, right? Syracuse's O-line compared to Notre Dame's D-line just wasn't enough. And Syracuse, in their excuse, to give them an excuse to say, Dino, here you go, Syracuse's O-line has dealt with injury this year. Joe Moore, uh, a guy that we anticipated would start, has been out the entire season. David Wallava, a guy who did start to begin the season out uh, with an injury for the last few weeks and will be out for a while. Okay, Kellen Ellis, you got for a, a pinch, just a skosh this week, right? This is an O-line that's dealt with injury, right? Syracuse, as we are very well aware of, does not have the same depth as some of these perennial powerhouse programs in terms of being able to go to a next O-lineman that is the same size and the same skill and the same experience and same caliber. They don't have that depth at the O-line. And this is even after Syracuse addressed the offensive line pretty effectively in the transfer portal this past season, really placing an emphasis on finding people on both lines. Clemson effortlessly made their way into the backfield. Clemson effortlessly flushed Schrader out of the pocket or sacked him, okay? Schrader took some hits in this game. Schrader took a lot of pressure in this game. And when you look at it, it's one of the biggest things, right? He didn't have enough time. Uh, he wasn't able to get through progressions. And you can, you know, say whatever you want to say about that. Uh, but it's, it's important. It is big. And you want to see that happen. And Clemson with five sacks. In this football game, five sacks. That's a bad number. Okay. And Schrader, we do know this as well, is incredibly elusive. And with a quarterback not named Garrett Schrader, that number could have been higher. But Schrader got sacked five times, tackles for loss consistently. Uh, and, and you just, it, it continued to build and continued to hinder drives uh, when you're getting that much pressure. And it's tough. Uh, and it was something that, you know, I didn't think Syracuse was able to overcome very effectively. And that's another one of those concerns that myself and so many other people have raised throughout the season. Is the O-line held its own in a very weak non-conference slate. But never did the O-line put on a performance where we were thinking, yeah, this is a solid group. This is a unit that's going to be great. This is a unit that's going to be top of the ACC. Never did they give us that performance, that confidence. And so in a lot of people's minds, this was a game where what we saw happen in the trenches could very easily happen, and it did. 
And that is what you saw. That was why the consistent pressure was there. Klubnik was not under as much pressure as Schrader was by any means. Uh, seemed like he had a lot more time and was able to, you know, get some more extended plays. You pair that with, you know, some busted coverages. And Syracuse didn't play its best game defensively in this one by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, beat over the top a couple of times. And, and Dino said, right, this is something that needs to be addressed immediately. And he addressed this in a press conference. You know, Drake May and this North Carolina football team are going to take shots over the top. It's got to be fixed now because they're going to do it even more effectively than Clemson will. Because May, I believe at this point, is a better quarterback than Klubnik. Klubnik might have a higher ceiling. Drake May's got a hell of a ceiling as well. And I think right now, Drake May is the better quarterback than the two. And May will be the best quarterback that Syracuse faces right now. And Babers agrees. Babers said that in the press conference, right? You need to be able to address these things immediately so that they can be avoided and improved. I got a few other things um, that I want to hit on with this game. I'm not furious at the 57-yard field goal attempt. I was a little confused when I saw it happen. I didn't know Brady had a leg like that. I knew he could kick the ball well. I didn't know to the point where they were going to try something like that. Hindsight, I wish they had punted, knowing that it's a miss and knowing that it's followed up with Clemson getting up two scores going into the half. I don't necessarily hate it. And Baber said after the game, he's seen him hit from 61 or more. And he does have the leg to do it. And I don't even hate it. It did feel like we weren't necessarily ready to kick. Uh, that was part of it. But what you see here is, you know, and the, the frustration comes in hindsight, where, where you know it's, an, it's a results-oriented frustration for sure. Uh, you would have wished they punted um, knowing how things went. But you know what? The way this game went for stretches for Syracuse, they could have punted and Clemson could have done the same thing. So who knows? Uh, another thing I wanted to talk was the play calling for Syracuse. And we'll talk about this in the who are the silver linings because it's a guy that, you know, we didn't really expect to see much of this year in too much of a significant capacity. But the play calling for Syracuse was creative a lot of the time. But then at other times I felt like it, it got kind of stagnant. And I, I wasn't huge on it. I liked the trick plays. And, you know, one comes with a drop, which hurts. Uh, and they did end up scoring on that possession anyway. So it wasn't a drive killer. Uh, and the other one drew a penalty, if I remember correctly. So the trick plays were all right. I have no issue with the trick plays. I like the trick plays. I think you're in a boat once again where you are a 4-0 and Syracuse playing a 2-2 and Clemson team that is still better than you. And we still know that they're better than you. And Vegas still knows that they're better than you. I like the risks. I like the bold play calling. I like the let's see if we can throw trickery and trickery and trickery and catch this team off guard. There were some ruts where I felt like the play calling got stagnant. And it was a lot of, let's just throw the ball down the sideline and see if Syracuse's receivers, who are dealing with injuries and who are not playing incredibly after we have noticed you know, some guys out and you're, you're still playing uh, without Isaiah Jones and you're still playing without Aranda Getz and you're still playing without Trevor Pena. You know, they, they weren't beating receivers, but the play call was throw it up, see what happens. And we were catching the ball a step or two out of bounds. 
The ball was being deflected. It didn't seem like there was ever that good opportunity that you get when you only make that throw because your receiver is open or has a step. That was a predetermined pass, it felt like. And it seems like for extended periods of this game, you know, they were too reliant on that sideline pass without much success. And you got a lot more success by putting people in motion. And you had a lot more success by going over the middle at times and finding other ways to mix and match. Whereas that complacency that, that it seemed like you developed that rut of maybe it'll work this time. Maybe it'll work this time. Maybe it'll work this time. It was three or four times in, in pretty short succession that, that really, really frustrated me with regards to the play calling in this game. Is it, you know, atrocious play calling that costs them the game? No. There were a lot of things that went wrong for Syracuse. They did not play their best football game in terms of mistakes, in terms of execution, in terms of mental and physical errors. This was not Syracuse's best game, nor close to it. And I think that reality is what makes this game a little bit more frustrating, is the what would have happened if Syracuse came out and made smart decisions and limited the penalties and held on to the football. How different is this football game? That we'll never know. Uh, let's take one more break, and on the other side, we'll talk some positives. A couple of silver linings that I think very much need a shout-out and some credit to wrap up your Monday episode of Locked on Syracuse. But before that, let's chat about our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook right now. New customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. It's that easy. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, including player props, over-unders, and so much more. Go visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And there's promos. There's promos. How fun is that? You get a promo. Right now on FanDuel, you can get a little claim now if you're a member, right? You're not getting the new joining member promos. If you have an account, you can get a profit boost token of up to 50% uh, on a same game parlay tonight for Seahawks Giants uh, on Monday Night Football. So there's a fun way uh, to continue being involved if you already are a member over at FanDuel. It's your Locked on Syracuse Monday. I'm Owen. We're talking some positives. We're talking some silver linings to end on a positive note. Someone in the comments on Friday didn't like that I was honest, didn't like that I spoke my mind. Um, and if you don't think that I am going to speak my mind, even if it mean, means I'm angry with Syracuse or call Syracuse out, uh, this is not the show for you. I'll be honest. I am critical. Okay. I look at Syracuse through a critical lens. I am a fan of Syracuse. However, I also like to be realistic. Okay. I don't like to just say that the good is happening. Good is happening and only good is happening. And they're going to win this because Clemson's terrible and all of that. That's not realistic. That's not the case. Okay. I like to look at this through a lens that is objective as much as I can. And sometimes I'm blindly Syracuse. Other times I'm too anti-Syracuse. But I think I do have an okay balance to be able to say, hey, you know, this is what I see. And this is what's worrisome for Syracuse. 
And we're looking at it now, four days later, and I was correct, okay? So let's ease up on the don't be negative. I don't want to be negative. I just want to hit on the facets of the game and of the matchup and of the team that need to be addressed. So in order to combat, you know, maybe uh, a positive theory of my too enhanced negativity, here are some positives. Here are some things to smile about uh, based on this weekend. First one, Leon Lowry. Good for you. Two sacks on the day. A hell of a football game. He's playing a strong season right now. A guy that has come in and has, I would say, outshined a lot of people's ideas. I didn't think he was going to have a year like this. And, you know, two and a half tackles for loss in this game. Two sacks on the afternoon. He's played a strong game and has balled out this year. Really, really playing well. Uh, and showing that, you know, he's a guy that can be a presence. Uh, two sacks in this game. Only had a half sack on the season before this. Um, he's got a fumble recovery against Purdue. He's a guy that stepped up this year, putting pressure on the quarterback, a solid edge rusher right now for Syracuse to, to be able to get out there and, and get on the outside. Um, I, I like what I've seen from him. Baber's very complimentary of him. He told the story in his press conference, uh, right? No, it was uh, the today's press conference on Monday. He said he was leaving the Dome, and this is D, Dino talking, telling a story from his perspective. He was leaving the Dome. Uh, he was a little bit frustrated, obviously, you know, going through disappointing. You want to win that game. You want it to be closer, whatever. And he, he sees Leon Lowry talking with mom and a few other people, and mom calls him over. Coach, coach. And Dino said he's a good kid, and he, he's, he's doing good. Uh, and that is exactly what he is doing. So Leon Lowry, uh, shout out to you. That is 1,000% a silver lining to this football game. A huge sack on fourth and two for Clemson. Deep in Syracuse territory, at that point, uh, that was one of you know the big plays. You had a forty-one thousand person crowd. That and I think the the touchdown uh, to start the game for Syracuse or the first score for the Orange were the two biggest moments volume wise. Uh, so you give the shout to Lowry and you give the shout to the man that scored the touchdown there uh, in Dan Valari, a guy who I'll tell you what. I know who wears number nine or 89 for Syracuse. I know Dan Valari wears number 89 for Syracuse. And I was in the front row of the corner of the end zone where Dan Valari scored his touchdown. And I know that Dan Valari wears number 89. And I know that no one else on the offense wears number 89. And he crossed the end zone. And I didn't, I couldn't think of who it was. That's how surprising this performance was. That's how awesome Dan Valari's day was. And a little banged up at the end of it. We'll see what happens. Uh, but Dan Valari was put to use in this offense in a way that we haven't seen in his time at Syracuse. He is a quarterback transfer. He is a guy that is by no means a true tight end, but he's got some size and he's got some athleticism and he's got the brains. And Syracuse said, for the first time that I've really seen, what if we play off the fact that Dan Valari was a quarterback? You get some trickery with him. He's catching the football. His yards after catch through the roof in this game. Dan Valari comes in and has a hell of a day, deserves all the props in the world, and is our second silver lining in this football game for Syracuse. What else do you have to say? That's where we'll wrap the episode up. Throw it in the comments on YouTube. What did you like in this game? What did you not like? 
it's disappointing. You want to win this game. You want to be 5-0 and against a Clemson team that I've said, although they're very good, they're still a good football team. This is about as vulnerable of a Clemson that you can get. Maybe bad timing. You get them frustrated off of a blown game against Florida State, and they want to come in and execute. That's the best I've seen Clemson play this season. I'll say that. Um, but you do fall, and it is unfortunate. So what are your thoughts? Throw them in the comments. Tweet at it, at LO underscore Syracuse over there. Send me a DM. Join the conversation. Uh, what do you want to talk about the rest of this week? Because we got another hell of a matchup coming up uh, six days from now, uh, five days from now at this point, uh, as Syracuse goes on the road to a strong, strong North Carolina Tar Heels squad. So a lot to look forward to. Another opportunity. All right, short memory. You got it out of the way. We're over it. Let's take the next steps. What can you do differently next week to get yourself the big win that we have so been asking for the last couple of seasons? It's your boy Owen Valentine. I'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen today and every day. Be kind. Make somebody smile today. Do the right thing. Be a good person. I'll be trying to do the same. Catch you tomorrow. Peace.